Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical, and ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you are divorced but didn't want it? Call 313 Radical. That's area code 313 723 4225. That's area code 313 723 4225. Again, call 313 Radical right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems. A.K.A. How to Man Up. So, sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, a Catholic relationship podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage. Moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping me understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 86th episode, the Holy Lover series, How to Save My Marriage When My Wife Has Given Up, 33 gifts that will satisfy her forever. And today, gentlemen, we uncover gift number seven, plus live calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So, if you got any questions, uh, you're dating and she's not acting right. You haven't made love in a while. No intimacy outside the bedroom. You don't kiss. You don't hold hands. Anything like that. You know, uh, get in the queue. Ask your question how to get that solved. Maybe your wife is avoiding you and she's not talking or she gets mad or you guys are arguing and fighting all the time. Think about it. Fix it now. Don't wait till it's too late. All right? Get in the queue. 313. Radical, that's 313-723-42225, or you can get, uh, you can call in using uh, uh, your browser at callinstudio.com slash radical one. Don't wait. Get in the queue now. 
for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Now we have the quote of the day. So let's do this. Quote, it takes three to make love, not two, you, your spouse, and God. Without God, people only succeed in bringing out the worst in one another. Lovers who have nothing else to do but love each other soon find (laughs) there is nothing else. Without a central loyalty, life is unfinished. End quote. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, book three to get married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. So as promised, as promised, we are doing our Catholic radical rant of the day and our 33 clues to understanding marriage. You know, my wife is giving up. So how do we get that back? We're going to we're starting. We started the series last week, I think it was. And so we had a lot of, you know, clues in the series before with uh, clues your wife may want to divorce. And so what's been happening is now we switch that around. Uh, we've had some interviews in the last couple of weeks where, you know, we're, doing, we're, we're, we're hyping things up and trying to show you the things that will, if you don't get the clues and you get yourself into, into problems, even if they're minor problems or major problems, now we're talking about how to get out of them and what to do. The main thing is, as I always say, please do not ignore the first the first problem, the first way that you know that you're having marriage problems is your wife is nagging you. If your wife is nagging you, that is her trying to feeling that the emotional closest is leaving in your marriage. And that is her trying to get validation of your love. So you better get on your game. Now, I didn't say that enough. Now, I'm going to stop trying to be nice about it. <laughs> yes, I'm going to start trying to get serious on it. Boom. That's what you got to do. All right. So. We must, we, we have to stop and we, and, and we must listen to when it comes to our marriage and relationships. Um, and when we do listen, most of the time we've avoided the problem so long that we found ourselves in what the church calls marriage crisis, meaning divorce, you know, separation, not making love, arguing constantly and things like that. But in the Holy Lover series, I give the husband solutions. I give you guys solutions to how it can be. And if you adopt these concepts, it will help. So I also make a bold claim that these gifts will satisfy and fulfill your beloved wife forever if embraced. A lot of the stuff I talk about is it's countercultural. A lot of stuff I talk about, people just they don't get it. Because when you're in hell, you don't really understand how to get out of it. So when somebody brings something to you that that's fixes things, it sounds weird at first. It doesn't sound like it makes sense. You know, um, and so what you got to do is you have to step outside yourself and try your best to understand the things that I'm talking about, because we're going to go into right now when we're in the prayer warfare. 
the gifts. And then we're going to go into the Art of Mailing gifts. And then, of course, the Making Love Mastery gifts, where everybody's going to get all squeamish because nobody likes to talk about sex in the right way. You know, everybody's disordered when it comes to sex. And so when somebody that talks about sex is trying to help them, they get all squeamish. Oh, I can't talk about that. I can't hear that. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's why you ain't having no sex right now because <laughs> you ain't want to talk about it. Married couples must talk about the marital embrace. You must talk about it. You have to talk about it. If you don't talk about it, people are going to be unhappy. Okay. Next. Uh, but I will be upfront. It's all these 33 gifts is a journey. Um, you can't do it on your own and expect complete happiness in your wife. It took me years and years to get that. And I'm still working on it. And so basically, though, what you want to do is try your best to create a good marriage and a great marriage. And if you're in marriage crisis, I'm sorry to say that requires help. Why? Because a husband needs to build up habits. You need guidance and the act of building many habits to achieve this greatness. Most dudes think, well, you know, she ain't getting along. We fighting. Things ain't right. But you know what? There's got to be a trick. There's got to be a trick that somebody can tell me or I can look for on the Internet. And that right there will help me. That will help me to fix this once and for all. But see, that only comes to cars, boats. That only pertains to cars, boats, jobs, stuff like that. Our marriage, no, no way. It's never a one, there's never a one-trick pony. Never, ever, ever. And so people that try to fix their marriage, a man especially tries to fix his marriage. You're dealing with an emotional being, and she is not hearing it like that. Um, and so what happens is we're trying to do a one-trick pony, and she's a lot more complicated than that, you know. Um, that's why when a wife gets mad and dudes start trying to buy them flowers and candy and all that kind of stuff, they go, uh, that's not, that makes them matter, okay? So understand that. Next, remember marriage, of course, is the hardest relationship on this earth to get great. It's easy to have a boring, passionless um unexciting marriage it is you just go you just wake up you kiss each other you, you go to work you come home you eat some dinner and you go to bed and that's what you do day in and day out Sunday you might go to church you know but where's the excitement man where's the knowledge of one another that's where things come that's where greatness comes in, in our marriage and then of course including God in that God makes your marriage exciting it really he really does but most of us think, well, I'm going to keep God out of my bedroom. You know, I only talk, I only talk to God inside the church. You know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a life destined for boredom. It really is. Okay? Um, you can't, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to love your wife if you don't pray for her. It's hard to get that deep, deep love that takes years to build if you don't pray for your wife. Because you get starting to get grace, that grace that God gives you for that for your sacrifice, man, that is the bomb. That's when you start thinking, of, you know, love starts happening, and you don't even know where it came from. Where it came from, God. All right. Next, the Holy Lover series: How to Save Your Marriage When Your Wife Has Given Up. Thirty-three gifts that will satisfy her forever will help, and they work. But it's always require a husband to be a man of action. Again, I must ask, are you a holy lover, which is becoming the man God created you to be, which is what? Knowing your mission, knowing your purpose. Why were you created? Why are you here? Okay. 
and becoming the husband your wife needs. What does that mean? Being able to fulfill her, to satisfy her, to make her happy, to make her want to serve you, to make her want to nurture the home, nurture you and the children, make her want to go to church and love God. All of that. All of that. Okay. So that's why this is this is it's not a one trick pony, right? So if you are not, then my friend, it's time to get to work. If you're not a holy lover, it's time to get to work. No more excuses. It's time to get warrior mode, like I always talk about. This is this is you know Catholic Alpha. My slogan is from wolf to warrior. And if that offends some people, of course, you know, I don't care. <laughs> because if that offends somebody, that's because they don't really understand. The state of masculinity today. In the state of masculinity today, we're being attacked. We're being we're being we're being crapped on. You know, we we don't we don't get respect. We don't know our we're we're we uh most men, a lot of men have a, a low moral compass, which means evil has in, infiltrated their lives. We just have no idea what's going on. And like and all of us, most of us, I will say all of us are so tired. You know, we're tired, physically tired and mentally tired. And so men, like I always say, it's hard out here for a pimp. But man, when it comes to God in our marriage, like I say, if, if a dude ain't like uh, the um, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen just said in that quote, if all you're doing is loving each other and you don't have God, there's you're going to get bored with each other. You're going to get bored. That's why that grace is so, is so important, you know. Um, it's important to involve, it takes three to get married, three to get married, three to be in love, three to love more, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of your wife, okay? And and, and you will see, man, it will happen. It will happen. But it's going to take work by you, okay? Next, warrior mode, from wuss to warrior, Catholic Alpha, from wuss to warrior. Because I ain't going to lie, most of us are wusses. We are we are wusses. We are. Most of us are. And I don't mean like, okay, I'm, you know, I can bench 500 pounds and I can squat a thousand pounds and I can just whoop everybody's butt because, you know, that's a gift. Being able to, to, to uh, being a great fighter or a great athlete, you know, uh, that's a gift, right? Just like looks are a gift or, or, or being good with money or being good at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a, being a doctor or a lawyer. Those are all gifts. And so there's always going to be someone that can whoop your butt. I don't care who you are. But what we're talking about is, you know, a wuss as far as mentally, spiritually, psychologically, those kind of things, you know, because in the end, that is what really matters, you know. And so when you're when we're morally defunct, then we will fall for anything. Satan can say anything he wants to us and we're, we're doing it right you know, just just a, a small example is you ever know somebody that has tattoos, right? First of all, you start off, most people start off getting a real little tattoo or, you know, a medium-sized tattoo, and then that ain't good enough, right? So then what do they do? A year later, some months later, they go get another one, then another one, then another one. Oh, I'm not addicted to it. You know, this is fun. I like it. You know, then you look up. The guy's got tattoos. Five years later, he's got tattoos all over his face, all over his arms, all over his back, his legs, everything. So what does that mean? That just means Satan has infiltrated that person. Remember, man, think about it. It's a disorder. Disorder means without God. 
So would God have a person entirely covered themselves who he created from head to toe in tattoos? Of course not. Of course not. So that person has been infiltrated, demonically influenced, infiltrated. And so, and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. And so it's, it's, that's why you hear me talk about warrior mode, man. Like we've got to understand how to fight Satan, how to be closer to Jesus Christ and God and, and try our best to do what they want us to do so that we do not get, we're not infiltrated by the evil one. And believe me, it is there. So that's why I ask you, ask you, we've got to combat Satan for our wife, for our children, and for our home every single day. We got to don our armor, lift our shield, and shield our sword. If you want to be a hero, most of us, most men, most men, we're not happy because we're not heroes. You know, every day we do the same thing. We don't do anything that's, that means anything, and we try to make up stuff that means something, and it don't, you know. We, we crave to be, the only way a man can ever be fulfilled and satisfied is if he's willing to die for something. That is what it is. And of course, those, those, those three things are God, your wife, and your child. Start there, okay? You know, everything else is secondary. Then you will be a hero, I promise you, okay? Next, um, I must ask, what will we do as men? Will we turn to our man cave or enter the, the battle for Christ, for our wife and our children? For those three things, again, there are 33 gifts in the Holy Lover series. And today we will cover gift number seven, which states, oh, this is okay. A Holy Lover reads, understands, and applies Ephesians 5, Verses 21 through 33, and servant of his beloved and the father. So in short, a holy lover must understand marriage and the roadmap of marriage. This is where Ephesians 5 verses 21 through 33 come in. These verses explain to us who to love, who to respect, who to serve, and who to leave for happiness and fulfillment in our marriage. Today, we're going to explore the sacred scripture more closely. There are many misconceptions about Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 33. And you are, guys, if you know, you already know what they are. I don't even have to even really say it if you know them, if you know this scripture. And of course, all of you do because it deals with marriage. Most everybody does. They might not know the exact verses and stuff, but once they hear them, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So this is because, as usual, many don't understand or even care to understand God's plan for their happiness. The creator of the human machine always knows what he is doing if we would only listen. The battle for our marriage is a spiritual battle. And as the man of the home, we are required to what? Be the defender. That's why this is called prayer warfare. You've got to understand prayer warfare. Okay. Our duty and responsibility as a man is to give our life away each and every day in defense of our home from the diabolical. If we lack the will for battle, I and this podcast and the Holy Spirit will help you try our best to get in it. Okay. The only question is, will you cooperate? Again, today we're going to talk about how to build a good marriage in 2023. And guess where it starts? Boom, the only place it should start, the all-encompassing our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who died for us, who was just risen again for the 2000th and 10th time this Sunday. <laughs> and so when we come back, we're going to rock this and we're going to understand what St. Paul is talking about when it comes to marriage and one flesh. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, okay. I got a question. So I got a question. Do you have a child that is getting ready to get married and you're worried about if they pick the wrong person? <laughs> Are you? Do you? Oh, man. That's a tough one. How do you deal with that? Guess what? Call me and I'll help. <laughs> so now we're getting to the radical rant because we're going to get into Ephesians 5 and what this marriage roadmap thing is all about. How to save our marriage when our wife is given up. The holy lover gift number seven. Again, it states a holy lover. Reads, understands, and applies Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 33 in service of his beloved and the Father. So what I'm going to do is go through each verse and try to uh, explain a little bit. Now, this is basically the Catholic Church's, um, this is the Church's interpretation of these verses. This is not Jerry. Of course, you know me. I got to throw my own little stuff in there, but it's only to complement that. Just like the Blessed Mother, she leads all of us to her son. So that's what I'm doing. All I'm doing is interpreting the church, add my stuff in there to lead that and you to God. Okay? That's of most importance. That's what this podcast is about, to get you to understand that. So, but what we're going to do is I'm going to go through each verse, and then I'm going to kind of explain it, and then put in my little twists and turns so that we can really try to understand this in a down to earth type of thing. This is cause that's what I do. You know, I try to bring the faith down to down to earth. You know, sometimes people, you know, the, the Catholic faith is the Christ church, Christ church. I mean, it's very, it's complicated. I'm not even going to lie. It is. Um, that's why I just deal in marriage and I don't even know everything about that. <laughs> Shoot. You know, that's my little world, but there's another whole world, 
you know, of, you know, of um, all like of, of the beauty of the church, of the music of the church, of the, the liturgy of the church. Um, I just keep the saints, the angels, hell, heaven, purgatory. Believe me, all of these things, you could spend decades just on one of these things to learn everything there is to know. This is why when the Reformation happened in around 1500, 500 years ago, it just destroyed Christ's church. It destroyed the, the church, it destroyed the faith. It split it up. It watered it down. Not everybody's on the same page, and it's painful. It's painful when you think about it that our Lord died so that we could have 30,000 different churches and nobody, nobody can come together on nothing. You know, and and that's that's terrible. That's really terrible. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through these verses. And if you got any questions, you know, please give me a call and we can rock it. Okay. so first. So, again, Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, this is St. Paul talking about our responsibilities, our roadmap as we go through marriage. So verse 21, wives and husbands. Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Huh. First right off the bat, boom. You don't never hear that one, do you? You don't never hear that verse, do you? You always hear the other we're going to go through this next. It's funny in society, you never hear this verse quoted, ever, ever, ever. But out of the 13 verses, this verse is the most telling of what Christ is asking. Is both spouses are subordinate or submit to each other out of love, respect, obedience, and reverence for Christ, how can either encounter total domination? Remember, men are Christ in the home. Men submit to Christ. Wife submits to the husband if he is following Christ. And the children submit to the wife and the father and Christ, okay? But people seem to admit, people seem to you know forget. If I'm the husband, and I'm not following Christ, then I try to get an attitude when my wife ain't cooperating with me. Well, she's not supposed to. She's not supposed to. Women ain't stupid. After a while, they go, look, man, I'm with a bum. He ain't trying to change. He's the same old duty was 10 years ago, and I'm trying to move on from that. Okay? So that's the first verse. So now we go to verse 22. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. Boom! Boom! Boom, second, we hit it hard again. We hit it hard again. You always hear this one. And the feminazis can't stand it. They can't stand it because they want to run things. The problem is they ain't equipped to run things. They ain't equipped to run things. And they messed up this country. They messed up the stuff. And now, men, we sitting around. We don't know what to do because we didn't sit there and let them take over. And so now we're sitting around, but nobody know what to do. Don't nobody know what to do, right? And it's sad. Oh, my God, it's so sad. It's painful. Women are out of their element. Men are out of their element. It's not working. Your way is not working, Fibonacci's. Your way is not working, wuss man. Christ's way, Satan's way, his way is not working. Okay? So wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. You must understand that St. Paul starts with the complete responsibility of both spouses acting as one in verse 21, right? In being married, remember that you and your spouse are no longer individuals with separate bodies and minds, but are one flesh acting only together as one. Remember, 
Each not only belongs to one another, but actually have bodily rights over each other. You're just not together and married. You, your wife's body belongs to you. Your body belongs to her. This is why when you, when we go out and have an emotional affair with another person or talking to other men or talking to other women and we're, we're neglecting our wife and our, and our, we're neglecting our, our wife and our, our spouse, then there's a problem. And then people try to get mad when the person, when the spouse goes, hey, man, you, you over there with doing this all the time. You just forgot about me. Your wife and your husband have the right to, to complain about that. Why? Because your body and soul and heart and mind is already taken. It belongs to your beloved. And that's the eye in the eyes of God. Okay. And remember, um, so now in verse 22, St. Paul instructs each spouse in a more direct manner what they are expected to do individually in order to accomplish total and complete oneness with each other. See, people don't really understand the, see, the Bible is full of great stories, right? But they're not stories. They are prophecies. It's what happened before. And then the Old Testament tells what's going to happen as we go to the New Testament. And People don't really understand that God and Jesus Christ loved each other so much that they together created the Holy Spirit. That is one. Think of the symbols, the symbols of the symbolic or oh, whatever. Think of that. Okay. Um, when a man and woman get married, they have bodily rights over each other, which means legally, morally, spiritually. In the eyes of God, Jesus Christ, and the Trinity, they belong to each other. They actually belong to each other, okay? They love each other so much that nine months later, they create one flesh, which is a child. That is how beautiful God is, that he allows us to participate in the beatific vision of a godlike act of creation, and we abuse it because we don't try to understand the love and the mercy and the, the justice of, of God and what he's really trying to do for us. Okay? Try to try to hear what St. Paul's talking about. Really, this is your roadmap to your marriage, man. It's the foundation of it. Okay? And many people don't really understand that. That Christ, the, the natural order is, uh, is for a reason of God, wife, I mean, of God, husband, wife, children. Why would God set it up like that if it was to disrespect and hurt and demean a woman? Or you think you as a woman got a problem? Think about a man. We've got to at least, you know, the person you're supposed to submit to, you can see him right there. <laughs> He's right there. But if, if, if you are a man and you got to submit to Christ, well, what does that mean? Where's Christ at? You know, I got to go find him, you know? And that's the point of faith. Faith in you have to, there comes a time in our lives as men and women too, that we got to look at ourselves and say, listen, is this, is, 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 is God real or, or ain't he? If he, is God real or ain't he? God, are you there for real? All that stuff Jesus did in the New Testament, dying and resurrecting all that stuff, is it real stuff? First of all, there's no way that anybody can say Jesus Christ wasn't a real person. Even the Muslims uh, 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 admit that. 
You know why? Because there are too many witnesses that saw Jesus Christ after he died and rose again. There are too many people that saw Jesus Christ after or before he died. He did too many miracles that are, that are documented. So whether you believe that Jesus is God, that first of all, the first thing you got to think about was, was he even real and there? Boom. That's what the Bible's telling you that, listen, we were, we, we were there. The apostles are sawing. That's witnesses, just like Abraham Lincoln. Right now, there's nobody allowed today to saw Abraham Lincoln. They have no idea what he looks what, what he looks like. They were they had no idea what kind of man he was. They don't even really know if he was real or not. You know, the only reason you know that Abraham Lincoln was real is why? Because somebody told you. Because there were witnesses back then when he was president that saw him get shot, that saw him how great a president he was, and blah blah blah. This even goes further. Dr. Martin Luther King. Most of the kids today that are grown, that, that, that were born, they don't have they don't have no idea who Dr. You know, they didn't see him. Any, anybody could say, I've never seen, I don't know, that dude ain't nothing. I've never seen him. Who is he? I've never seen it with my eyes. This is how crazy people are. And we just think about things logically. But of course, Dr. Martin Luther King was there. Why? Because we have witnesses and testimonies, and then there are pit there, you know, there are pictures or videos of him and stuff. So the man was there, but somebody can always say, look, I wasn't there, so if I didn't see him, he don't exist. That's a fool's run. That's a fool's run. That's like saying, and it's also like saying, well, the Big Bang happened, but you know what? I didn't see it. I didn't see God do it, so it wasn't real. It wasn't there. That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. Somebody had to create the universe. Nobody can, nothing is created out of nothing. Nothing is created out of nothing. So there has to be a God. There has to be a first mover. Has to be. There's no other explanation. There's no other explanation. So that is where we come back to our lives as being married and understanding this, this marriage thing, man. It's the same thing. You know? So that being said, um, let me see. So now individually, total. So in each family, the husband is the head, but the wife is the heart. These two cannot and must not be in conflict. Okay, this is why there has to be a head. Why? Because women ain't got time. Women do not have time to go to work 12 hours a day, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. Then come home and take care of one, two, three, four, five, 10, 20 kids, then nurture them, then make love to you and make you feel needed as a man, make you feel special as a man, respect you and love you and serve you and all of that. This is the whole deal. This is the whole deal. This is why it's important that as a husband, you have to look at your relationship from your wife's point of view too, not just your own. Again, women aren't, Women aren't as physically strong as us. Their bodies can't take a lot of physical and mental toughness like that. Women are mentally tough. That's not what I'm saying. But when the physical gets tough, then our mental ability, it gets, it gets, it gets, we get tired too. So that's why you got to understand if your wife is working 8, 10, 12 hours a day and trying to do the kids and trying to take care of the house and try to take care of you. And then doing and then doing your job of and you're all the all, all the husband is doing is going to work and coming home and playing video games and and going out with his buddies and, and, and going fishing and golfing and watching sports and all that stuff. 
she can't actually do your job and her job and as, 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 as the thing. That's why God made two of us, one flesh, one flesh. It's important that we understand what we're talking about and what we're going through as human persons. Okay. Man, I get very passionate about this, man, because I was stupid, too, and I didn't know this crap, and I was mad that nobody taught me when I was younger. <laughs> you know, and when you start to really understand and start to try your best to get into this stuff, then you start to realize, man, that, that this world is beautiful. That's why you bring kids into this world, because this world is not the only thing it's the thing that it's the it's the stepping stone to get to greatness, right? So, okay. If each um, so understand that the natural order is also an order of protection from the diabolical. Many women seem to forget this little known fact. It kills me how women they get mad, they get hurt, and they want to leave their husbands or they want to move or put them in another bedroom, and then they expect their kid to still respect them. And still look at them with respect and all that kind of stuff. That's not how it happens, ladies. That's not how it happens, gentlemen. If as a man, if you expect you can go out and do whatever you want, that you don't have to pray, you can neglect your wife somewhat, you don't spend time with your kids, you put your job and making money above all of that. And the only time you spend time with your wife and God and your kids is when you ain't out of work. Dude, that is not first of all, that's not sacrifice. Why? Because I said last week, that's your job anyway. We want, we always want, we always want um, um, credit for stuff we're supposed to be doing anyway, like brushing our teeth, <laughs> you know, like going to the bathroom, wiping our butt, like taking a shower, putting on some cologne and putting mouthwash in the mouth. We want credit for that. No, man, that's what we post. That's our job to stay, to stay clean and hygiene. We was hygiene, right? Just like going, you know, when you go to, um, when you go to work, you're supposed to go to work. That's what you're supposed to do as a man. Why we not supposed to get kudos for that? Now maybe at work you get, you know, you get awards and stuff for doing a good job, but your wife and kids don't look at it like that. That's like, dude, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Just like with the women, your job is to raise the kids and make sure the kids got some sense. But we we, we want all this, we want all this accolades and stuff. That's your job. That's your job. Now a good husband. A good and great husband, what are he gonna do? He's gonna say, Oh, baby, you're so good with the kids. I'm so glad that you, you know, I'm so glad that you're my that you're their mother and that you're a good mother, you know, that kind of stuff. Because you gotta show your wife's appreciation. But to expect a kudos for every little thing we do that's our job, that's not how people look at stuff. It really isn't. And that comes with our generation and the generation before us and the current generation of everybody telling us how special and great we are. And we ain't accomplished nothing. We ain't even got out of high school yet. We ain't accomplished. We ain't out of grade school yet. We haven't graduated from kindergarten yet. <laughs> we talk about how great we are. No, we ain't. You only become great when you accomplish something. When you accomplish a great marriage, when you accomplish uh, something great in your job, or you do something nobody else does, or you know you are an upstanding and moral citizen that that it, that adds to this country, not just take away from it. That's esteem. That's self-esteem. That's greatness, man. It, it is, you know. Um, and and women got to people got to understand when you when we as people, a husband, a father, or a child. The natural order is set up and protect for protection from what? The diabolical. 
and from and, and from physical outside threats too. So basically, the husband is charged to protect and defend the home against the Satan and against uh, uh, assaults on the home from the outside from physical threats. Women can't do that. Women can't. They really can't. Sure, you can say, well, women, I got a gun. Yeah, but how many women get the gun taken from them? Because why? They just do. They're not, you know, that's why you need a man. It's called protection. And then you also need the man to protect you from the diabolical, to keep Satan out of your home. That is the man's job. Now, the wife helps him in the combination of spiritual warfare, but it's mainly the job of the man, the husband. He has more graces for that, to board off demons. Okay? It's important that we understand that. So when we step, but as a woman, you step outside that chain of protection. What you do is open up yourself to getting attacked by God, by uh, the by Satan. You open yourself up. A kid who does not like, say you got a kid, right? Say the natural, you know, say you got a kid, and that kid, you know, they're twenty something years old. They decide, screw my parents. I'm gonna go out and do whatever I want. I ain't gonna talk to them. I ain't gonna make no. I'm not gonna try to be with them. And you know how kids do today? Stupid stuff like that. They have basically taken their self out of the out of protection mode. Basically, they're going to get it. Their life is going to be crap eventually. But God always gives you time to get your stuff together. But if you don't, eventually, that child of yours will be susceptible to demonic affluence. And he will. Why? Because God, Christ, the husband and the mother, they are the ones that are in charge of protecting those kids. And when the kid steps outside their protection, then what happens? He gets attacked by a diabolical. That's why you have the natural order. Bam. All right. Boom. Now, verse 23. Verse 23. For the husband is head of his wife, just as Christ is head of the church. He himself, the savior of the body. Remember that Christ is not only the head of the church, but also he came from heaven incarnate to save the church as well. Understand that Christ is the groom and the church is his bride. Look, man, I say this a lot because I want people to really understand what God as an omniscient, all-powerful being, when he came down as a lonely creature in the womb of a creature, the pain and the misery and the hurt and all of that sacrifice and suffering that he had to go through. And that's just coming from the coming from the heaven into the blessed mother. That's why you've got to look at the blessed mother as very holy. She is his mother. Okay. She's pure because God cannot be inside a vessel. That's not pure common sense. Okay. And then not just being that, being then being born, the pain of being born, the sacrifice that are that God did for us because we were silly, right? And the you've got to understand, man, that that's how this works. And then the pain, not the pain of being, and then the pain of just day-to-day life. Because Jesus was taught how to be a carpenter by his by, by Saint Joseph, his father, right? So just think of the pain of being tired and all this stuff when you, you know, used to be in God, right? And then we come to the culmination of the crucifixion, of the betrayal, of all of that stuff, you know, and it, you, we have to consistently think about what God really did to, to, so that we could be creatures so that we, he could do his ultimate plan of have us back with him. 
and and people, I think we don't think about that enough, man, that God really wants us with him. That is why we have to go through all this pain on earth, okay? So next, understand that, remember, now understand that Christ is the groom and the church is his bride. And in this context, what did our Lord do? He gave himself, sacrificed himself for the church, the communion of the body. Remember, Christ, the, the church, we are Christ's bride. Christ is the church. He, he, we are the church and Christ is, his, so he's married to us, which means what? He sacrificed himself for his beloved. Christ sacrificed himself for his beloved. And that is a man is what we're supposed to do. If you're having marriage problems right now, it's because your darn wife you ain't sacrificed for. You ain't dying for, man. You ain't dying for. That's why you're having marriage problems right now. Because women, they ain't stupid. They, that's why women love Christ. Once they understand what Christ is about, that's why they love his butt. You know why? Because he died for them. And women instinctively know that if a man, and for, if I give my body, my mind, and my heart, and my soul to a man, and he don't die for me, if he don't give his whole life for me, if I'm not number one, then there's a problem. Because Jesus Christ did it, and that's what we're supposed to do. And it starts with prayer, giving your life through your time for your wife. This is what I'm saying. If as a man, you are not in the spiritual battle for the soul of your wife every single day, you're going to have marriage problems. You're going to have them because there's no grace there. Because you know what you're telling God as a husband? Hey, man, we got it. I got it, man. I got it, Christ. I got it, Jesus. Don't worry about me. You're going to do over there. You, you stay over there, and I got it over here. But it don't work like that, man. It don't work like that because eventually, if you was God, if you was Jesus Christ, then you're right. If you was an omniscient being, you're right. You wouldn't need God. But guess what? You ain't. You a creature. We dirt. And if the dirt, you will return. The dust, you will return, brother. That's how, that's how I look at it. And that's how we're supposed to look at it because that's what Scripture says. Bam. All right? Now. So um, here husbands are commanded in verse 23 to love, govern, protect, and give up his entire life for his wife, his beloved, his bride, as she is his bride, as the church is Christ's bride. You see, men, we're taught today, it ain't even our fault. It really ain't even our fault, man. It really ain't. We are taught to be selfish. That that's why that's the problem when parents tell their kids how great they are. And then the parents don't even then the parents only got one kid. So how was that kid supposed to learn how to not be selfish if he's the only kid? You, you, you got to understand how powerful you are as a parent that when you only have one or two kids, those kids, other kids raise the other kids and, and, and help them grow up. And then they learn how to be not to be selfish. They learn how to sacrifice for others. They learn how to sacrifice for the family. If we raise a kid and the kids by themselves, or we got 10, 20 kids, and we always tell the kids how great they are, how special they are, and they ain't done nothing, they think, well, when I grow out here in the real world, I can just go to work and do what I want. I can quit when I want. I ain't got to pray. I got to see God. Because, hey, I'm special. I'm special. That's why people are so selfish. That's why we are. And and, and, and and we and then we look at our kids, we get mad at when they get 17 and 15, 16, and 25 and 30 and stuff, and they're selfish. And and, and we wonder how that happened. That happened because that's how we raised them. That's how we raised them. And so 
It's important that we understand that it's important that as a mother and a father and a husband and a wife, that we always sacrifice our wants, our desires, and our needs for the greater whole, which is our family, which is our beloved, which is our children and children for their parents until they get a wife, until they get a husband. Okay. So now, Next, verse 24, as the church is subordinate to Christ, wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. Oh, my goodness. That's the one. That's the other one everybody hates. That's the other one the feminists want to shoot everybody over, you know, um, because, look, here's the deal. Think of all the feminists you know. Are they happy? Are they fulfilled? No, they ain't. I'll help you. No, they ain't. No, they ain't. They always mean, they always, they try to act happy. As soon as you don't do what they want, they get mad. You know, they're all emotional. You know, they can't, you know, they won't help you. You know, this, it's just, you know, it's, and then you, and then, oh, and then you got to watch everything you say, you know, because they're, they, they have a chip on their shoulder. Why? Because they want to be men. They want to be men. You can't be a man because I'm already a man and he's already a man and he's already a man. We got enough men. We need women. <laughs> we need we need we need women who are feminine, who are nurturers, who are lovers, who give the time to be to to make their husbands great, to make themselves make their kids great, make their families great and then in return makes themselves great. As a woman, it's like being, a, you will never be satisfied as a woman if you don't embrace your femininity. You won't, you will always be miserable because God set it up. This ain't Jerry talking, it's God. God set it up like that. And every time that people, men and women and kids try to go against who they really and truly are, it's painful. It's painful. Why? Because that's God saying, that's not what I made you for. I didn't made you to put on a pantsuit every day and go confront men all the time and try to show how, how better you are than a man. That's not what I made you for. Somebody's got to take care of these children. That's the problem. And some man sitting at home taking care of kids while his wife is out working 50 hours a week, that ain't being a real man either. Stay-at-home mama, stay-at-home daddies. What kind of, who invented that? Man, that's crazy. We have to learn that, and then, then stay-at-home dads get mad when they get disrespected. You ever seen that? I have. They get mad when they get disrespected. Well, dude, you're at home doing a woman's job, which is a great job, but that's not your job. You know, it's not. We, we've got to understand what this marriage thing is about. God created marriage for a reason. So that we can send souls back to Christ, back to um, back to God in the beatific vision, and but we have to sacrifice for that for that privilege, okay? Which means we have to be who we are. It's like being a being on a football field, and the ref, you know, the lines are God, the referees are the are the commandments, and you are free to do whatever you want within those rules and boundaries. Now, people that do that on the football field. But when it comes to God in their life, they want to screw that all up. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. We don't want to, men want to be women and women want to be men. No, 
and I don't mean the transgender thing. I just mean internally. We we men are, have have started, you know, being more uh, being more more feminine, and women have started has started trying, like I said, assault men and be and step to men and and stuff like that. That is not how we're supposed to be. Why? Because we are supposed to be the best examples of men and women for who? For our children. And when we aren't, you know, like people who don't discipline their kids. I'm going to really give them talk back on that one. People don't discipline their kids. Don't spank that butt or don't punish him. That is not creating a good citizen. It's not. That's not creating a good moral, psychologically and healthy person. Because they would go out and think that they can do anything they want, you know, until somebody puts their fist in their face. Then the kid goes, well, my mom and dad didn't whoop me, so why are you hitting me? <laughs> it's, it's, it's love. Remember, discipline is love. It's love. That otherwise, why would this why it goes back to believing in God? Either God is or God ain't real. So if God said in scripture, blessed will spoil the rod, spare the rod, spoil the child. That is your creator telling you that you sometimes you gotta whoop a kid's butt when they out of line after you didn't give them 25 chances. What else is there left to do? Talk to them. You can't talk to a two-year-old because they don't understand you. Okay? You can't talk to a 17-year-old when all they've been around these other crazy kids for 17 years. There comes a time where talking ain't enough. That's why we have wars. Because kids of country, they try to talk and work it out, and sometimes it don't work. I got a call. So I'm going to take that in a minute. So, boom. Understand. I know I'm being tough today a little bit, but it's the reason why is, man, we've done it. The, we've done it your way. Not your way, but the way of Satan. We've done it the way of people who want to keep doing things their way instead of God's way. And it don't work. It don't work. We've seen it the last hundred years, especially. So we got to go back to what crisis wants us to do. That's how you make a great country again. Donald, you can love Donald Trump or hate him. It don't matter. Guess what? He had it right. Make America great again. And, the, and, and Donald Trump is a very intelligent man. So he just didn't mean with money. He meant psychologically, emotionally, and mainly morally, spiritually. Okay? So we're going to come back and finish up. Start with verse 25 after the call. Bam! Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. All right, all right. We have our caller on. And so I am going to bring them on real quick. Boom, talk. Hello, caller. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. All right, good, man. How you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing all right. I see I'm all passionate today, man. I don't know what said to me. <laughs> mm. So, hey, mm. what can I help you with, my brother? Uh, so uh me and my wife, we got five kids. We've been married for uh about fifteen years. Uh, I'm thirty-eight, she's thirty-seven. And recently, you know, she told me she wants to use contraception and uh, what is it? Yeah, she wants to use contraception uh, because she's tired because the last couple of pregnancies were difficult on her body and she just wants to start using contraception. I think she I think she should at least have two more kids. 
or or around some more kids, but she doesn't want to go through anymore. She was wants to use contraception, but I don't think she should because of the teaching of the church mainly, but also because I think she's going to regret it down the road. I mean, we already have five, but one or two more I think would be good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great question. Great, great question. Um, so here's the thing about contraception. First off, the reason we have to understand why the church, God, Christ church is against contraception is not because God's trying to be a, a mean God that he's trying not to let you do be free, do what you want to do. But as a creator, he has the right to give you a roadmap, a plan that will make you happy and ultimately being in front of him in the beatific vision in heaven, in eternity and time and eternity is what ultimately make your soul happy. And make you and, and, and being with him. So when we use contraception, which is what birth control basically is the same thing. When 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 we when we use birth control and then God sends those souls to us and we kill them before the souls even have a chance to prop to populate, there is a problem with that. So basically, that is abortion before abortion. Basically, we are killing the souls that God has sent us through the man's semen and the woman's egg. And what that does is that defeats the ultimate plan of God because we are here not to have a good time and do what we want all the time. We're here on a mission. And that mission is to have children, to to educate them in the faith, and to send them back to God as saints. That's the ultimate plan. So it makes sense when God gets upset when we start aborting kids and killing kids with millions of kids and, and putting on rubbers and putting, taking pills and all those kind of things and sticking stuff where it doesn't go. That is why he gets upset. Now, the other thing is this, the second reason why a woman doesn't want to use contraception is, um, she will marry the wrong man. So in your, in, in your, um, which I don't know if your wife was using contraception before you got married. Um, but usually women that, that use contraception and they marry that man, they, they find out when they stop taking contraception that, oh, my God, he's, this is not the man that I'm, I want to be with, I'm supposed to be with. And so that, that, that hurts the marriage, okay? Um, but the third thing that is the most devastating to a woman is if, if a woman is on contraception, then basically her husband will use her as a fork, a knife, and a spoon. She has become an object, a pleasure thing, only to be used when I need to release myself. This is why it takes three to get married, husband, wife, and God. Because when a man or woman make love with God involved, what happens is that love can create life and love must have something on the line. Love is meant to be shared. And when a woman takes pills for a year, five years, 10, 20 years, she becomes basically a machine that a man could just use whenever he wants. And guess what? Her soul rebels against that. Her psyche rebels against that. That's why a lot of contraception will cause a divorce. Birth control will eventually cause you to divorce or separate or be unhappy or be miserable in your marriage. Okay. So what is the solution? 
So your wife is there's a there's what the Catholic Church has what we call NFP, natural family planning. Some people try to say is it's some people try to say that it's um it's a uh what you call it uh oh uh it's it's uh basically birth control for Catholics and it's not because as as people we always do things we're supposed to do. The only way you're supposed to use natural family planning is when there you're not only as a grave reason, a more a very important reason. So like your wife. So your wife has five kids and she's her body's tired. That's what she's really telling you. Like, look, man, I didn't have five kids in a row. I'm tired. My body's tired. I'm mentally tired. So your wife needs a break is what she's telling you. So that's why natural family planning is a good thing. And I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Also, let's say your wife has cancer and she's sick or let's say you're sick. You know, you're allowed to have natural family planning because that's a grave reason. And if your wife needs a break because she's psychologically unstable because she's having all these kids and stuff and she's she's getting wore down and her body's getting worn down then she needs a break so natural family planning is basically what we do with what catholics do in in order to what happens is you 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 keep track of your wife's menstrual cycle and then there's certain times of the month that your wife can get pregnant and so what will happen is she will be able to if you let's say she can get pregnant like some women have very small pregnancy windows when they can get pregnant some women have very long time when they can get pregnant okay so what you do is you calculate her her menstrual cycle and how that works and then what'll happen is when you guys make love then what'll happen is she'll get pregnant on that you know or you can use it not your frame planning to not to make love when she gets pregnant at that time and so women are allowed to do that because look having babies is a hard thing and like you said your your wife, you know, she um the last two pregnancies were really hard on her. My first wife was like that. Like those pregnancies were really hard on her, especially the last one. You know, um, and so that's the answer, man. What do you think? Uh, I think that's all good. Um, I'm gonna definitely tell about what she said and see if it uh, changed her mind on any, uh, anything. But uh, y'all looking more into the NFP. And then just see see how far along it goes with our conversations. Yeah, just be gentle with her, man. You know, she's your wife, and you love her, and she loves you, and and she's willing to have your babies and 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 have your babies for God. So just be gentle with her, and just try to you know explain to her. And most women, they will they will do the NFP, and and really just she's she's probably willing. You know, y'all still young, so she's probably listen. Give me a year. Give me 18 months to recover more and to get my mind right, and then I'll be ready. Women, they always, and they kill, they so funny, man. Women are so funny. I don't want to have no baby. I want to have no baby. I want to have no baby. And then all of a sudden, honey, I want to have a baby. Because <laughs> she will come to you and let you know. She will. Believe it or not, she will. Okay? Anything else, man? Mm. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thanks very much for calling. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Great call. Great call. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Great call, y'all. Great call. So let's take a quick short break, and we let's know the caller calls, and then we will be finishing up. Boom. 
All right, all right. Let's get back to the content. Let's get back to the content. We are on the uh, 25, verse Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her. Ooh, to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Oh, my God. This is the husband's power as a man, as a husband, as a father right here. I'm going to read it one more time. Please listen to these three verses, gentlemen. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Do you understand what that's saying? Listen, man. This is your power as a husband right there, that you have the power through prayer, suffering, and sacrifice to present your wife before our Lord Jesus Christ and the particular judgment, purified and holy without blemish. That's the power you have as a man. And nobody knows that. And if men did know that, they would pray for their wife every single day as hard as they could until they were so tired they couldn't walk. Because your prayer and sacrificing and giving yourself as a man, giving your time and your heart, your mind and soul for your beloved wife, that is when your wife becomes great. That's when she becomes holy, her sacred self, because you, her beloved husband, handed over himself for her. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, that is the most powerful thing out of all these verses right here. That right there. And if people would just read it and women would, women would, if you ask a woman, ask a woman, any woman on this planet right now, if I, if, if I suffered and gave myself for you as my beloved wife, and I, and that would make sure that you get to heaven and stand before Christ and, and Christ would would be love you love you and, and 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 send you on to heaven. Would you take that deal? Of course they would take that deal. Of course they would take that deal. That's what your wife signed up for. That's what she signed up for. Okay. What is your number one responsibility as a husband? Is to make sure your wife becomes holy, a saint, and to make sure her soul is accepted into heaven. It's a big responsibility. But see, the problem is, man. Like in the Catholic Church, we have um, premarital counseling, and now Christians Christians has picked it up too. Everybody's premarital counseling, but man, they don't teach this stuff. They don't teach this stuff. So really, man, you want to educate the man. The woman is going to be all right if the man's all right. The kids are going to be all right if the husband and the wife are all right, the mother and the father. But see, everybody... We, we focus too much on the kids and the women these days. That's not changing nothing. That's why I talk to men, because I know if I can get a man to change himself, that he is so powerful and, and have, will have so much grace that he can change his environment, thereby changing the world.
and his wife by raising he will he will he will a man will a husband will love his wife so much that she will change the world by the raising of one kid that's how it works everybody that's how it works Sacrifice your one and only life so that your precious wife shall be purified, cleansed, and spotless before God because you gave yourself for her. Then and only then will she become the woman that you need, the woman that God created her to be. For this, the Father will forever reward you. Number 28 and 29. So also husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Number 29, for no one hates his own flesh, but rather nourishes and cherishes it even as Christ does the church. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Again, St. Paul aggressively defies, defines the role of the husband to be clear that a husband cannot abuse his privilege. His wife, his helpmate, made from him without whom he would be incomplete. Again, we must refer back to the first verse, 21, the foundation of this whole thing. Husbands and wives must submit to each other in reverence to the Lord. Wives are our helpmates, our guides, not our doormats. As the opposite holds true for wives, the husband is not to be manipulated or abused in any way. Decisions must be made as partners. How beautiful is this? But when we disobey God and go our own way, turn our backs on him, evil is allowed to enter the marriage. From this chaos, abuse and selfishness ensues. Okay? Try to hear what I'm saying. Try to hear what God is trying to say to you. Trying to hear what the Holy Spirit through Scripture is trying to say to you. Okay? Verse 30. Because we are members of his body, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak in reverence to Christ and the church. Boom. Okay? Stop letting your parents interfere in your marriage. Stop letting other people, your friends, all these other people, strangers, interfere in your marriage. If your husband and your wife is not each other's best friend, you're going to have problems. Stop relying on other people. Stop running to other people to tell all your problems to. Tell it to your husband. Tell it to your wife. If you are a husband, when your wife tells you something, shut your mouth, close your lips, and listen, and open your ears. And you, you allow her to tell you what's on her mind without criticizing her or yelling at her or demeaning her or belittling her so that she will begin a pattern of telling you everything about her life. That way you will know before your wife knows if she's going to mess around on you or not. This is the reason I went through those 33 clues on the divorce thing to give us as husbands so that we learn our wives, so that we understand that we learn when there's a problem before she knows there's a problem, and then we can move to fix it. Amen? Amen. Okay? Stop letting other people get you. Your job is when, I know women right now that put their parents above their husband. That's not cool. I know mama's boys that they all, they can't stop letting their mama run their life. And they got to have that thing with their mind. So their wife gets jealous and upset 
Because the wife feels that the mother is more important than her. That's why you got to know your roadmap in marriage. There's no way she would let your mama and your daddy and your brothers and sisters and your friends and all the people interfere in your marriage because you belong to your wife and your wife belongs to you. And your wife is very fragile when it comes to you psychologically. She gets hurt very easy. Okay? And when your wife comes to you and says, would you, I, I think you put your mother, I, I feel like you put your mother ahead of me. You man up and you don't make her feel stupid or go, oh, you're just, you're just dreaming that up. You're just dreaming. You're just, you're just making that up. No way. You know, you're, you're imagining that. No, your wife's not imagining that. Just like a, a, if, if a husband comes to a woman and says, hey, I want the big piece of chicken. Stop giving the kids. Stop putting the kids above God and me. That's not how we stay together as a married couple. That's a wife don't say, I'm not putting the kids above you or this one. Yes, I can do with the kids what I want to do. And the kids are special. and We got to make them feel special and all that kind of stuff. Your kids ain't going to feel special if you get divorced. <laughs> Woo! Next. So, um, so, so no relationship on earth is more important than your marriage. All other relationships, mother, father, children, friends should pale in comparison Again, marriage takes three, husband, wife, the father. Without your marriage, without your wife, without your marriage, do you actually have a family? I would argue that you don't. God didn't say a family is two kids by themselves. God didn't say a family was a single mother and two kids or three kids or five kids. God didn't say a family was a husband and three kids. No. That's not a family. That's a broken family. A family is a husband, a wife, and God and children together under one roof going to, going to mass, going to church. That's a family. And it takes sacrifice and commitment and loyalty to make that family grow. Okay? Next. As stated, this is a mystery. We must trust in God and let him lead us. While giving our obedience free and without doubt, ah, father and beauty, magnificent, a gift. 17, gift 33, I'm sorry, gift 33. In any case, each one of you should love his wife as himself and the wife should respect her husband. To repeat, St. Paul has led us, has led, led us starting with verse 21, introducing us in the ultimate purpose of this passage. Husbands and wives should in the end serve, submit, care for, and sacrifice for each other. This is the beauty of it, gentlemen. This is the beauty of it. Just, and listen, you're what, I cannot say enough that if you serve first, your wife will serve you 10 times more. But we are so confused that we think, well, when she fix herself, I'll fix myself. It does not work that way. Why? Because God set it up as you are responsible. You are the leader, not your wife and definitely not your children. So if you want change in your family, you must be the man. When you hear men say man up, holy men, like, you know, preach priests and preachers and, and, and all those. When you hear people say man up, that's what they mean. That's why this my ministry is called Catholic Alpha, because you can't be a wuss in your home. You got to be an alpha male in your home, which means what? You got to take you got to.
take care of things. Make sure things run smooth. Make sure the kids feel love. Make sure your wife feels love. Make sure God knows you love him. Make sure that you bring God into the home. And you can't do that sitting back playing video games every day and going to work 12 hours a day. That's it. You cannot be a wuss in your home. You've got to be an alpha in your home because alpha men take care of business. No matter how you look at it, no matter how you want to say it, that's what they do. Alpha men take care of business. And so as a man, you cannot be laid back in your house. Why? Because that's your responsibility. The house is your responsibility, man. It's your responsibility, man. And so when you, but when you go out into your job and you go to church and when you go out in society, yeah, be your personality. Be a laid back, cool out, smooth kind of man, a smooth kind of cat. I'm cool with that. God's cool with that. But when you're in your house, you can't sit by and let your house get in chaos and just see if they, well, God's going to take care of it. Everything's going to be okay. No, it ain't going to be okay. If it's happening right now, it ain't okay. <laughs> All right? Dude, the problem with not being raised and told about the stuff that you hear me talk about is we don't have a understand what we, what, how, how, powerful and, and really special that we are when we do what God asks us to do and what kind of greatness that we can obtain from that. Nobody really teaches that, man. It's not fair. It's not fair to men and it's definitely not fair to women. Okay. So to repeat, St. Paul has led us starting with verse 21, instructing us in the ultimate purpose of this passage. Husbands and wives should in the end serve, submit, care for and sacrifice for each other, just as Christ showed us. Notice, this passage says nothing about wives love your husband, but wives respect your husband. I said that to one of my women class the other day, and she just stopped and just looked at me. <laughs> she didn't know what to say. Because she said, I know she thought, man, this guy's full of, he's crazy. But it doesn't. Men want respect. And if as a woman, if you know that and you respect your husband, he will love you more. He will. If you disrespect your husband, you will repel him from you. He will not want to be around you. He will want to be at work 18 hours a day. He will not want to come home. Matter of fact, he will do everything he can to stay away from you. Is that what you really, really want? Or do you want a man that is your beloved? You're, you're his beloved. He wants to be prioritized that you as number one. He prays and suffers and sacrifices for you. He gives you anything you want because he knows what will make you happy. He's a great lover and a, and a man that was intimate with you outside the bedroom and holds your hand and has great conversations with you. He listens to you. He takes what you say uh, in, in his heart and he embraces it. He respects your opinion. You tell me what kind of man you want. You tell me. <laughs> hey, you tell me because uh, if I was a woman, I'd take number two. <laughs> so um, he told Christ, told his, he told the wife what she must do. He instructed the husband in what he must do. And in the end, Christ directs both on the ultimate purpose and acts to be completed. Now, that's Christ. So now we got a pope in his. And his apostolic exhortation, familiaris 
Consortio Pope John Paul II writes, quote, authentic conjugal love presupposes and requires that a man have a profound respect for the equal dignity of his wife. You are not her master, writes St. Ambrose, but her husband. She has not given to you. She was not given to you to be your slave, but your wife. Reciprocate her attentiveness to you and be grateful to her for her love. With this, a man should live a very special form of personal friendship with his wife. As for the Christian, he is called upon to develop a new attitude of love manifesting toward his wife, a charity that is both gentle and strong like that which Christ has for his church, end quote, end quote. Okay, there you have it. God, a saint and a pope who has become a saint telling you which with as much love and care they can muster to follow the plan. What else do you need to hear? Bam. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. And so today we are complete. We complete today. We had a call today. We had a, a good show. We learned about marriage and what's up, you know. And so I hope that this helped you guys. And I hope that you take it to heart. And we end, and as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, "You, um, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle." Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.